I'm Kier from InDefensive, a fandom inclusion and community podcast that's part of the Gun and Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on this network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other really interesting geeky shows at gunageeknetwork.com. You are listening to the Starling Tribune, a podcast dedicated to the Arrow TV show. I am the Green Arrow. The Green Arrow has entered through the front door. This podcast is not produced or maintained by The CW, Warner Brothers Television, CTV, or DC Comics. All characters, situations, and stories are the properties of Time Warner. I am the Oracle, and this is your Tribune. Welcome back to Earth 2's favorite newspaper. We call it the Starling Tribune. I am the chief editor tonight. My name is SP and your other award-winning and very patient reporters for this episode number 247 of the Starling Tribune are Chris. It's erotic, but vulnerable. Okay, Mick, man of very little words this episode, but they were good words. And Michelle. Hell yeah. Let's go to Narnia. And she was all psyched up for this episode, wasn't she? Yes. This podcast is recorded on Thursday, August 22nd, 2019, live on www.geeks.live. That's right. And this evening, we'll be discussing Legends of Tomorrow, as well as news, interviews, articles, and announcements that have dropped recently that could, and let's be honest, probably will impact future episodes of Legends, as well as The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, and everything else that makes up the DC television universe. If you're new to the show, thank you for searching us out on the internet and joining us. After the show, you can check out our content at GoingToGeek.com, where you can also find other geeky videos, podcasts, and articles. Thanks, guys! Michelle, go ahead and break down the current episode for us. This episode is called The Eggplant, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. It was Season 4, Episode 12. It aired Monday, April 22nd, 2019. Directed by Marzi Almas, has a lot of credits, including Nine Smallville, One Alphas, One Haven, Two Defiance, Three of Lost Girl, Two of Lucifer, two episodes of Arrow, one Supergirl, five at the hundred, two Twelve Monkeys, two of Outlander, and of course, four episodes of Legends. Written by Morgan Faust, credits include six episodes of Legends, and Daphne Miles, one episode of Vampire Diaries, and two of Legends. Back when this episode aired in April of 2019, we're currently in the waning days of August, so we are catching this episode a little late. But this week, we had four of the CW DC comic book shows that aired. On the 21st of April, that was a Sunday, Supergirl aired the 18th episode of the fourth season, Crime and Punishment, to a live plus seven-day DVR number of 1.7 million. On Monday, the 22nd of April, you had a twofer. You had this episode of Legends of Tomorrow to a live plus seven-day DVR number of 1.48 million. And following Legends of Tomorrow, you had Arrow, who aired the 19th episode of their seventh season with a live plus seven-day DVR number of 1.34. The episode name was Spartan. And on Tuesday, The Flash aired the 19th episode of their fifth season, to a live plus seven day DVR number of 2.84 million. And that episode name was Snowpack. I am kind of digging these numbers knowing that they do not include the CW app. So congratulations. I think they have winners all this week. Sure seems like it. So Michelle, we normally start every episode by talking about the overall theme and we have tied the theme 
into the episode name because they do such a great job naming the episode. So what's with the overall theme and the episode name this week? Well, the title is a take on the C.W. Lewis novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And we have three stories. We have the eggplant, which is sorry, and Nate, the witch, Nora, and the wardrobe is about Ava's storyline. The first one, I think, is kind of cute. Let's go with the eggplant. It's basically this whole Zari has feelings for Nate, and she's trying to convey them through the modern way, which is text. And it's very interesting how we started language as a bunch of like hieroglyphs for pictures in ancient Egypt, and then we went to letters. And now we're kind of back to that, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, it's kind of cyclical here, and I'll be honest, I am old enough now that when I get something with a bunch of emojis in it, I go, the hell does this mean? I'm like, smiley face, winky face, fish, paper airplane, goldfish. Am I supposed to know what this means? It seems like just gibberish to me, I'll be honest. But I understand the eggplant reference. I know that much. Thank you, uh, modern pop culture references and Twitter memes. Apparently, my girls tell me I should have an emoj, and I don't have an emoj. I don't even know what one is. I don't know how to create one. I don't know if I want to create one. It's a friend named Jay who's really emo, an emoj. Oh, okay. I know a lot of Jays. Are any of them emo? Because then you could have an emoj who's your friend. I'm sure some of them are. There you go. You have an emoj. You just didn't know it. By the way, there was an eggplant in the episode two where you had Ava holding a plant in the middle of the store. Was it actually an eggplant plant? It was probably just like a rubber tree plant or something like that. But I think they were trying to say it was an eggplant. No, I think eggplant is definitely because Mona, being the younger one, is suggesting to Zari just to use all of these. And I like how Charlie's just like, what happened to people talking? anymore yeah i know right mona's fluent in emoji whereas the rest of the folks there are probably not of the right age especially if you're zari who is from the future where i don't imagine emoji speak is going to last much longer in our world as it is now let alone make it to her future maybe that's a positive sign emojis didn't make it to her future so it's going to die at some point in time god willing or maybe she's just like you and i chris and neither of us get it yeah that's true that's possible. I do wish I, I knew everything that Mick wrote. <laughs> it's just erotic but vulnerable. That's all we really need to know about it. Let's be honest. It would be nice to get that story right. And I, I guess it's uh, several, right? It's, it's a series now we have determined. And yeah, it would be good to, to get that. I think they should definitely, even if it's just online at an erotica site online or something like that, they need to release that. Well, I mean, do we really think they actually wrote real stuff on that paper? Probably not. Yeah. So they would have to write the set erotica, which means they probably need to hire some fanfic writer who's writing a bunch of stuff that is erotic right now because, dude, there's a lot of racy stuff that exists in the Arrowverse fanfiction arena. Like, not on par with the supernatural stuff. I think any fanfic these days is going to have any sort of shipping and erotica of included in it that's true but zari ended up going with the old-fashioned do you want to go on a date it's a classic and then the text doesn't come through and then 
you get back to why doesn't anybody talk to each other anymore, it's because they don't say what they need to say. I just want to know who their cell phone provider is that they can take from the temporal neutral zone text messages and send them to people in 2019. I want that tech. Nah, it's Gideon. Gideon's interfacing with the phone tech. So Gideon knows all the texts that are sent. She sees all the eggplant emojis that go off that ship. Dude, she's a walking, talking recorder. She, she, she's got everything. She's got all the rooms that are mic'd up, and she's got the security camera and everything. Gideon's got it going on inside the ship. I mean, she's read Mick's novel. I mean, who wouldn't have at this point in time? It's a masterpiece. No. I want to read it. At the end, Zari has an opportunity to tell Nate how she feels, but she doesn't. And then we get into another relationship about feelings, which is the wardrobe, and that's Ava and Sarah. Ava has been missing, and they find her at a motel because Neron has her, and Ava's in purgatory. So Sarah volunteers to go in, and out of all the things, Espia was not expecting an Ikea ripoff. Were you... No, I wasn't. I thought it was just going to be uh, like a Walmart or something like that, but it was more akin to Ikea than anything else. And once you started thinking about it, have you ever been inside Ikea, Michelle? Yes. I've never been, so like I didn't get if it's actually a bad thing or not. This makes me think Ikea is bad, but I've looked at some of the things they sell online and I'm like, I kind of need some of these things. I should go to Ikea. Ikea is not bad in and of itself, but the stores are huge, literally huge. They could be as big as a mall in of themselves, and you need to follow the arrows, and the arrows take you through the entire store. It's like going on a mountain hike in Sweden, and you are following, going through every single department as you go along. There are shortcuts, but if you don't know what you're doing, you could end up backtracking rather than going forward. And it's usually there's two levels. There's an upstairs and a downstairs, and it just takes a long time to get it to the end. But this is why you need to go, Chris, to an Ikea. I don't know about the megastore, but I this is why you need to go. Because in the cafeteria at the end or middle or whatever it is, the Swedish meatballs. I was just about to ask, are the meatballs as good as everyone says they are? And they're supposedly cheap too, so they're cheap and good. This is life-changing almost. I need to go to the Ikea that's like an hour and a half up the road and just soak it all in and be like, now I understand what they meant in Legends. Then maybe I'll understand why it might be someone's purgatory. Well, it is somebody's purgatory if they don't want to do a home shop all day long. I mean, Bed Bath & Beyond is one thing. This is like Bed Bath & Beyond multiplied by a gazillion. It's tough to get through. Yeah, but are the prices better than Bed Bath & Beyond? Because everything there is so expensive. It's really weird with Ikea. You go in and you're like, I want X. And they put in like little, like really cool things that are cheap, but they're quality. And then you just get so distracted. It's like going through a cavern. If you don't have that guide, you're going to get lost in the underground cavern. That's Ikea. I'm in. They got me. I want to check it out. And I don't know about you guys, but I have put together. So many bookcases and so many other things that I am a little bit like Sarah, where it's like, oh, I've done this a thousand times before. I know all about the Allen wrenches and the dowels and the weird little things and stuff. 
How about you, Chris? Do you have a lot of experience with that? Yes, assembly and furniture construction and things like that. Been there. Don't particularly care for it because the instructions are long with many diagrams and you start to get tired and you miss a step and go, oh, I got to go back three steps. It's like adult Legos, but not fun. Now imagine doing that with a car engine. Pass. Mm -hmm. I wish I could. Aren't you done with that? No, no, I'm, I'm getting done with it. It is, is not finished. I've almost got the actual block done, and then I've got to put the uh, things on the outside together, and then i got to drop it in the car. So I've got a few more weeks left, but it's been over two years, and it's time for it to be done. Yeah, no joke. And then, of course, when Sarah and Ava finally put it together, more by, you know, working together, needing to work together to put the wardrobe together, and it's not quite perfect, but it does its job. And then I love it. They think, okay, we're, we're going to get out of here. And then they end up in the mattress department. <laughs> God, bed shopping so tedious. So I understood that reference and why that was terrible. I get that. I need to shop for a new mattress as well. And I am not looking forward to it because it's going to be expensive because we're going to go with a king size. It's not going to be the $250 Sarah special. That's for sure. King or California King? Ooh, there's enough space in the room to go California. I'll have to think about that. But the problem is if you already own king size sheets, then you got to buy all new sheets. It's a queen right now, so we're going... You're going to have to buy new sheets anyways. Go California King. Okay. Then you got sprawling space. Well, that's good. Then maybe I could get a dog again. There you go. Yeah. The puppy needs space. I need space from the puppy. That too. You don't want to do one of those online... Casper, purple, whatever the new one is. I'm sure our friends from the GFQ network have a promo code you can use for Casper still. I'm sure they will. I have not done any mattress uh, quid pro quo benefit cost analysis or anything like that. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I know that there's a couple of shops nearby. Heck, we live near a street that there's a mall and a bunch of ancillary shops. You know, there's a Target, there's a Walmart, there's a Home Depot nearby, there's a Lowe's. I mean, there's a lot. There's Menards close by. There's all these stores, and along the strip that all these stores on, there's got to be about 25 mattress stores. Yikes. Yeah. People got to sleep, and this really is about them working on their relationship and it's really interesting to see how Sarah's never really thought about planning beyond tomorrow. And Ava is very much, I want a regular life because I love that part in the apartment where, yes, you go out and you have your job and you do this, but you've got to go home and do the dishes. There's everyday life that has to occur. I mean, Chris, you're still in the honeymoon phase and I'll bet you're doing dishes. That's always been one of my chores. Yeah. Still keeps on going. I, just everyday life. It's part of growing up and growing old with somebody. It's just handling life chores together. You got to vacuum. You got to do the laundry unless you're rich enough to buy new clothes all the time. You got to do the dishes because you don't want dirty dishes sticking around because if you want ants, that's how you get ants. Laundry, though, I just want to build a robot to do it for me. I, I hate, I hate folding laundry so much. There's that whole washing machine that will wash and dry your clothes and fold them now. Yeah, that's probably cost more than my car. I don't know if it costs more than your car, but it costs a lot. Yeah, a lot. I don't need it that bad. Wait, are you telling the truth? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was one at CES. Yeah, we talked about it on the GuineaGeek.com show. It, yeah, I'm trying to think it's either like 12000 or 20000 or something like that. It's like the second version of the folding robot they had, too, because originally you had like put things in there flat for it to do, and now it's smart enough to be able to flatten on its own before it folds or something like that. But it is god-awful expensive. But if you really hate folding laundry, and you're also really rich, you guys can get yourselves a laundry folding robot. And hey, since we told you about it on this show, if you want to send us some complimentary laundry folding robots, just reach out to us at Starling Tribune on Twitter, and we'll give you our contact info so you can send us laundry folding robots, and we'll love you forever, or at least as long as the robot works. And they don't try to take over our houses. You know, I, you know, I might allow it if it'll still fold my laundry. Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I really hate folding laundry, guys. Really? That would be indentured servitude to the robot. I think that would be okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. So you're fine with our robot overlords as long as they fold laundry? Anyone who wants to fold my laundry is an acceptable overlord for me. I mean, if I could teach the devil cat in my house to fold my laundry, I would let him be my overlord. Good to know. Good to know. Now you guys know my weakness. And then they argue and Ava disappears and it ends up going to this really freaky room with all these different Avas. I was actually in the warehouse at my work today. So when I watched this, when I came out, and I have not seen this episode before, but I was watching on the treadmill. I took a look up and I was like, oh my God, I'm having flashbacks. I'm back at work. Ah! <laughs> so there was that. And then there was the Avas in a box all over and a little freaky, but remember she's a clone, right? So this is not outside of the realm, especially in a purgatory thing. I think they actually did a good job. It wasn't too creepy. I mean, it was creepy, but it wasn't too creepy. And yet it was purgatory, basically. And this purgatory was for Sarah, not Ava. Although Ava is being tortured because Sarah's, she's thinking that Sarah is going to choose one of the other women that are more specific to her. And so I guess they were both being tortured at that point. And then they end up in that as-is section. Seems appropriate. It's like I bought my last car. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I love the as-is section. You're not going to change somebody. Just take them as they are. That's exactly right. I keep telling couples, like, okay, it's true. I've never been married. Here, I almost was. Okay? Oh. I'm going to actually confess this. There was a guy, and... I knew it was getting close and I sat down and it was like, I, I know for a fact that if somebody does something annoying before you're married, guess what? They're going to do it after you're married and after you're married, because you can't change anyone. You, it doesn't happen. I know that after you're married, it just amplifies all the little things that annoy you just get amplified. Especially over years. Trust me. Yeah. And you got to, who can you weather that with? And I, I realized that I could not weather that with him. And fortunately, I was able to break it off before he bought the ring. So I don't feel guilty. Yeah, it's very important to know. And it just, that's sort of like what got to me about this part is like they were really working on it and they sort of realized that, yes, this is stuff, this is annoying, but this gives me hope that they can work it out. I mean, they weren't really having deal breakers, just annoyances. Okay, so the demographic for this show is a lot younger than we are, admittedly, right? So you have people that aren't as experienced as we are, 
I mean, out of the three of us, Chris, you're the least experienced and you're already married. So you get a little sense of where we're coming from. The key audience for this show is, I would say, tweens, maybe teens. And they're looking forward for, to the rest of their lives going, I don't know if I want to be with somebody for 50 years. I mean, that's a long time. I haven't been even been alive for 20 years, that sort of thing. So translation, SP means we're crusty old people. So we, we can understand better these thoughts of long-term relationships because we've had to live them at some point because we're both crusty and old. I'm probably the oldest one here and I've been divorced. So I've been through it a couple of times. And I keep hearing sometimes it's just those little annoyances that pile up and they just break up. And it's just like, it annoys you before. Of course, it's going to annoy you after. So relationship advice from Michelle. There you go. Relationship advice from SP is go through two full holiday seasons. So this is, you know, the, the December, January holiday seasons with the entire family. And that's how you know if you can be together forever. The other thing to remember is there is a season to dating. Don't date out of season. That's everything between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. If you're not currently in a relationship, don't start one during that time because then there's those awkward things of, I just started dating this person and it's Thanksgiving and I got an invite to go with them to their folks' house, but we've known each other for three weeks. No, I don't want to do that. The more you know from crusty old people on the Starling Tribune. Dun, 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 dun. NBC's gonna sue. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you this, like Ava was being prepped to be a vessel for someone named Tabitha. We do find out who Tabitha is, and I cannot wait for you guys to find out who Tabitha is. It was awesome. I think we've ran some news that Tabitha is still going to be around for next year already. Yeah, I haven't been spoiled on it. I don't know who Tabitha is or what the character is, but I, if I remember in the news correctly, we see Tabitha later. But anyway. And then we have the witch. And this has to deal with Nora, Neron, and Constantine. When they rescued Ava, they were able to use Charlie as bait and they captured Neron, who's in Desmond's body, and they bring him back to the Time Bureau. And it was very interesting seeing all those three interact, especially Nora and Constantine. What did you guys think of that? The writers did a very good job of hiding what was really going on. So they pulled each other out, basically, of the room after they captured Neuron, which was great. The capture of Neuron. They were working together then. It was like, oh, my gosh, because you thought Nora was just going to get lambasted. And you're like, OK, Constantine's going to get Adam do the same thing. But no, they had planned it in advance. It was great. They caught Neuron. Then they put him in one of the cells at the Time Bureau. Who There's nobody at the Time Bureau because... You've got Nate's dad that's gone. You've got Ava that's been missing. All you've got is Gary, and he's very worried. It just just Gary and his missing nipple is just worried about Ava. So nobody's really around doing anything. And so they'd stuff Neuron in there, and the two of them, this was not planned, I don't think. The two of them were going at each other, and then they pulled themselves out of the room, and then they said, okay, we got to come up with a plan. And then you basically cut to the two of them, like fighting and stuff like that. And then she goes to see Neuron on her own. And it was amazing. They, the writer's good job. You pulled me along. I had no idea that this was planned the entire time. Yeah. They had us believing the swerve was going to happen. And you're like, oh, I can kind of buy how this is going to happen. The whole backstory between Nora and John Constantine, how he tried to save her, but then just 
walked away and left her there. So you're like, you can understand why she might want to turn against him at this point in time. And how Constantine's super, super flawed. See, I thought it was a, a, a fault of his that he was taking the drink and he wasn't looking at the monitor, but it was all planned. He was just giving her time to wind her on up, basically. Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. It was great because there was that really that one scene about how it seems as though they were going to work together to find a way to lure out Neuron and smother him. And then it does seem like so, especially when Neuron called Nora, Nora doll and brought up Damien. Yeah, nice callback there. And you do feel a little bad when he drops that Nora doll statement. You're like, oof. And she said, you can bring daddy back. I think that's exactly how she said it, right? You can bring daddy back. And you, you could tell uh, afterwards, I'm thinking about it. She could have been acting. It could have been real. I don't know. But it was played very well regardless. And I kept thinking in the back of my mind, ooh, maybe we're going to get a Damien cameo, just like we had a Tom cameo at his funeral, right? You can bring Damien back kind of the same way just for a little bit. And I thought, eh, this might work. This might be a way to get him back on the show just for a cameo. But then I thought... I don't know if they've got enough pull just to pull them back in for a couple of scenes on the show. Be expensive. Neil McDonough for a couple of scenes. I don't know. And the plan was about to work. But then we have Ray. Right when John said, we just need a few more minutes. I was like, and you already knew Ray was on his way. You're like, okay, this is not going to end well. This will be bad. I've got a question to ask you guys. Who did you think Neuron was going to end up in? Did you think it was going to be Ray or do you think it was going to be somebody else? They made it seem too obvious that Nora was who they wanted you to think it would be. And I was like, well, it's not going to be John. So I was like, Ray could be a fun twist. So I just threw out my theory as I was watching that it would be Ray. And I was kind of happy it paid off. I also thought it was going to be Ray just because he's the Boy Scout, right? And you have the devil basically in the, inside the Boy Scout. So that's what I was thinking all along. And that if he ended up in the witch, then, I mean, she's really powerful to begin with. And that would almost make it too much of a powerful big bad so that's what i was going and i i didn't think he was going to end up in john because john is still the tortured flawed warlock but that's just what i was thinking michelle were you thinking anything similarly yeah i was just well yeah that demon's not gone and when i did the math it was just like oh yeah and i really like the way they did it you know ray's just acting like himself and then he's just tying his shoe and then the dog barked as soon as the dog bark i knew yeah dogs are great judges of character actually as soon as he was outside on his own walking away i kind of knew because why would you show that yeah all i'm going to say is it it really what happens next is very it's so ray it's just it's so ray what happens <laughs> i'm intrigued you have my interest I don't know how else to describe it. I don't want to spoil anything at all. Well, this has been a fun ride. I'll admit it. It's, I mean, this episode alone, where Purgatory is the was the mega store. I mean, that that was a fun twist. They always bring in a fun twist to every episode, and it's part of the mystique of the show. Yes, they are superheroes inside a time traveling show, so it's kind of kind of funky sci-fi all the way around but then you add in like the i don't know what do you want to call that shtick is it a comic relief shtick is i mean it's just good fun writing yeah i mean that's the best way to put it good fun writing i mean th that's one thing we know about the writer's room for the show is 
They know how to make and have fun with these characters. They do. SP, is there anything else about the episode you want to talk about? The only thing I wanted to mention was this is episode 12 in the season four. I thought when the possibility of Neuron was dead, I thought, no, wait a minute. How many more episodes we have? And I couldn't remember if it was like 16, 17, 18, 20. I, I just didn't remember. And I thought, well, even if it's just 16, they've got at least four more episodes. And that's what it turns out it is. There's 16 episodes in this season. So while it was a nice kind of faint and it didn't last too long, if you're thinking about the show at all, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but if you're thinking about the show at all, you knew that Neuron wasn't going to be gone that that quickly. Definitely not without the introduction of Tabitha, which... I, you know, who knows what that's going to be like. I haven't seen it yet, but I just thought, nah, that's just not going to work. Nice try. I mean, I, I did like the episode. It was a good episode. Maybe not my favorite of the entire season, but this whole season has had just a hit after hit after hit of the episode. Along those lines, I know I was just going to say that one thing, but along those lines, I know a lot of people were complaining about this season because of John Constantine specifically, but I think it's worked out great. I mean, watching the show after the fact, I don't have a heartburn with it, but it might be that I'm just in a different mind space than somebody else that's watching it. Because if I was a diehard DC comic fan, I'd be like, what the heck is this? I mean, it's bad enough that you have Flashpoint and you have Barry screwing everything up. It's bad enough that you have Arrow ending. It's bad enough that you have Supergirl that took a, a, a gigantic left turn at the political stand this past year. But did they have this show do this? I'm like, oh, it had so much possibilities. I can see that, but I'm enjoying it. Chris? I've enjoyed it, and I don't have... I don't have the same heartburn other people had, but again, I think part of that's that we're watching out of cycle, so I imagine the feel of Legends of Tomorrow is a bit jarring compared to the traditional superhero shows folks have been watching, so then they're like, what the heck, this is so different, but since we're watching at a different time, maybe that's less jarring to us. I don't know. I love it. I've been enjoying the heck out of it. I love it, too. Like I said, the Bollywood part also had a lot of people, again, divided. Like, what's going on with Legends? Legends is having fun. Only that show could really bring in Constantine the way that they did and make it just have a different flavor. That's one of the things I love about this show. And I thought it was really sweet that Nate had a change of heart and saved the wrecking ball from destroying the Hayworld amusement park. He actually steeled up and he stopped the wrecking ball. Which I thought was great. Did you guys see the dragon, the statue of the dragon? Did it look familiar at all? I feel like I should know this, but I didn't recognize it. No. To me, it was the same thing of, of what they were fighting with, with Bebo. I need to go back and look at it again then. Yeah. Well, we find out a lot more about what's going on in the next episode, which is called Egg MacGuffin. Season 4, episode 13. It aired Monday, April 29, 2019. While Ray is worried about Nora, he is suddenly faced with his own problem that forces him to do the unthinkable. Nate and Zari are stuck in an awkward limbo, so Sarah devises a plan to send them on an easy mission together. Meanwhile, Charlie and Roy are approached with a lucrative offer and that could upend their lives. It's directed by Christopher Tamara and written by James Egan and Tyron B. Carter. 
From the Starling Tribune main news desk on floor 52, the Starling Tribune Tower, it's the weekly news roundup with award-winning chief news anchor, Michelle Ely. And now, Michelle Ely. Thanks, SP. First, there's a nice long article on EW.com with Stephen Amell talking about the crisis and final season about how he's emotional about the show ending, but he's just like, I'm 38 years old. I got this job when he was 30 and, you know, he was... But a part of a decade, maybe it's just time to move on. And Chris, Stephen's moved on, hasn't he? He has. So uh, Stephen Amell had teased it was at a convention this last weekend that he was hoping some news would leak so he could talk about his new project. Sadly, it didn't in time for his panel he was doing. But the next day, news came out that Arrow star Stephen Amell is going to headline Star's upcoming pro wrestling drama, Heels. So after that news broke, he then put out a call to his friend, Cody Rhodes, who you might know from All Elite Wrestling, he's one of the executive vice presidents of the company, and when he was in the WWE, went by the name of Stardust, and he had a feud going with the Green Arrow, Stephen Amell at that time, that's when Stephen Amell did a SummerSlam pay-per-view, and fought against him in a match, so there's a friendship and a relationship between those two folks, and uh, Stephen Amell reached out to him on Twitter saying, hey Cody Rhodes, want to come help me make a TV show, along with a screenshot of Deadline's original announcement. And then uh, Cody Rhodes responds back, of course, congratulations. And yeah, of course. So could be interesting and probably good promotion for a fledgling new uh, wrestling company to get involved with a star like Stephen Mel that reaches out to a lot of people in that 18 to 34 year old demographic that they want to capture. I'm slightly disappointed because, of course, I wanted Stephen Mel to be the next Batman. But, you know, hey, this I'm, I'm glad for him. He's done us a lot of of good service and I caught an interview with him on YouTube and he said something very special about the pilot episode and Michelle did you happen to catch that no he said that there is a shirtless salmon ladder scene of course I think it makes sense Stephen Amell actually has you know again that tie-in with wrestling people who watch that actually know who he is so it's like that he can bring in Arrow fans and he can bring in people who know him from wrestling. There might be people who actually know, hey, there's that guy who goes against Cody Rhodes. They might not even know he's like the Arrow, but they recognize him as that guy. And sometimes being known as just that guy can work for you. Can get you to the next step. Well, we wish him all the best, of course. The, now, in the next article, the CW says that they have no current plans of ending any of the Arrow shows, Arrowverse shows. Network president Mark Petowitz said in a press release that there's no current plans for the other veteran Arrowverse shows, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, to wrap up. He noted that hopefully it will be a long time from now until that discussion comes about. Uh, He said, we believe in these franchises, this universe will continue for many, many years. Well, of course, it's going to continue for many, many years because you have the Batwoman show that's just starting this year. But I think that there are probably some shows that are on the cutting block. And unfortunately, I think Legends of Tomorrow is one. And he's saying that there's no official look at wrapping any of them up now. I would think by the end of the uh, crossover that they will re- either re-energize the remaining series or you'll start to see some 
knock off. The Flash is solid. It is still its highest rated one. So the Flash is good. I think the Supergirl is probably good too, uh, although I would ultimately start worrying about that. But Legends Tomorrow would be the one that I would worry about immediately this year. Like maybe this year would be Legends of Tomorrow last year. And it's such a shame because it is a really fun show to watch. A little bit more Arrow news. It makes me a little sad. Colton Haynes was not asked back to be in season eight, the final season of Arrow. As a season regular, I was watching this banter back and forth. There was nothing that said he would not have a cameo. Well, they said that they hope. There's a lot of, you know, we hope to have him back. He says, well, y'all know Roy. He's never gone for too long. So it's a very odd public back and forth because there was this article that said that he dropped out and then he went on Twitter and he's like, I didn't drop out. I was just not asked to come back. So it's a very interesting back and forth in the public. Yeah, I think it's just vernacular at this point. And also, let's take a look at his storyline, right? So the storyline ended in the future with him. And I think the way that he came back in the future this past year uh, there, of course, is room for him, both in the future and in the current, but I think that as for a season regular, I, I just, I, I didn't see it. Uh, could I see him in the crossover? Yeah, absolutely. I could see him in the crossover. So I, really, I think it depends on his schedule because they're bringing a lot of people back for the crossover and I could see how they couldn't afford a character like Colton Hayes. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if everybody's coming, everybody needs to come. That includes Colton. We might not get Nissa because Katrina Law just booked Hawaii Five O. Yeah, that's a bit of a trek to go from Hawaii to Vancouver just to film a few short roles. Not as different as going from L.A. to Vancouver. I think it's relatively the same in terms of flight time and everything. But I'm sure her rate went up a little bit. <laughs> maybe and maybe you know if you get to this point in a series there's something to say about being a completionist so just come back just for the for a last scene or whatever again the crossover how can you not be part of this and not want to come back for the crossover i mean i get it she's probably going to be busy with hawaii 5 but if she can steal a weekend shoots you know fly back to vancouver or whatever for for a weekend and get some scenes in and then fly back i think that can be arranged but is she that type of A-list person where that treatment would be afforded to her? Maybe not, but you're talking about the CW. I mean, they do a lot of things to bring people back. We'll see. I have no idea what this crisis is going to look like, other than there's a crap ton of old people from old series coming back. So, who knows? These two could be here. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm saying there's a chance. There's always hope. Speaking of the crossover, we have the dates and times of when each part will air. Part one is going to air on Sunday, December 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be Supergirl. Part two will air on Batwoman on Monday, December 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Part three will air on The Flash on Tuesday, December 10th at 8 p.m. Part four will air on Arrow, Tuesday, January 14th at 8 p.m. That's right, January 14th. And part five will be on Legends of Tomorrow, Tuesday, January 14th 
at 9 p.m. This is not the season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. It is considered a special episode. Hmm. Wow. I could see it not being the season premiere because if they do the same thing like they've done the last couple of years, it'd be like April by the time that Legends of Tomorrow comes back. It's curious that they're taking a month off in between there. It's more than a month, December 10th to January 14th. It's not just the two-week holiday break. It is a whole month. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know if that's good or bad. Depends, I guess it depends on how long that or what the cliffhanger is in between. Maybe they had to do it for shooting schedules because this is a huge crossover. Maybe. It's also interesting that Flash... So Flash and Arrow are both on Tuesday nights, but obviously a month apart. So they're not banking on the back-to-back two-hour bring the Flash audience into Arrow. I mean, it's going to be big ratings, especially with all the, the guests that we were talking about before, all the former superheroes on the other series that are now invited back, and including Chris's favorite one, which we talked about last time. I I think it's... Well, I'm in for the ride at this point. I mean, we've been podcasting about this for eight years now so well seven years so i yeah what am i gonna do not watch it i'm I'm gonna watch it yep and that is all i have for the news this week it's quite a lot of news michelle thank you for running it all down for it. that being said it is time for us to start wrapping up this latest installment of the starling tribune so big thank you to everyone who checked out the live audio stream over on geeks.live tonight but also a big thank you to everyone who downloads the audio episodes over at starlingtribune.com or catches the video replays over at youtube.com slash gonna geek. If you happen to have an Amazon device, as we've been saying for the last few months, you can enable our podcast as a skill. Also, we have a Discord server, which Michelle has been extremely active in in the last couple of weeks with all the news coming out about DC and Marvel. You can find it at gunnageek.com slash Discord. Also, we talked about this before as well, but we are now available on the Pandora app to stream. So you can search for the Starling Tribune on Pandora and you can listen to Starling Tribune there. And remember, you can always catch us live as we record at www.geeks.live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. We would love to hear from you. We're the Starry Tribune on Facebook and Instagram at Starry Tribune on Twitter and you can call us at 612-888-CAVE that's 612-888-2283 Well this brings us to the end of another great episode any last words before we sign off at Stargate Pioneer Hashtag IKEA Wardrobe at the Chris Farrell Hashtag Erotic but Vulnerable Haas. You're welcome. And I am at Michelle Ely signing off with hashtag pop goes the weasel. Oracle, I think we're done here. This was the Starling Tribune. You can leave us feedback at gunnageek.com or check out our archive at starlingtribune.com. Visit gunnageek.com for more podcasts. Music by Kevin McLeod can be found at incompetech.com. This podcast is not produced or maintained by the CW, Warner Brothers Television, CTV, or DC Comics. All characters, stories, and situations are the property of Time Warner. No infringement is intended. We will see you for the next episode of CW's Arrow.